Please join us for Northern Apostle Radio's Witness to Hope, the show where you can listen to inspiring stories of faith and hope from people you may know right here in the Marquette area. Hearing how God has sustained others with courage and perseverance, even through some of life's most difficult challenges, can inspire us to trust in God's loving care for us, even when we don't understand His ways. As St. Paul tells us in Romans 5, 3 through 5. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. Listen now as Monsignor Michael Stieber, pastor of St. Peter Cathedral, talks with today's guest. Hello everyone, it's Monsignor Michael Stieber, pastor of St. Peter Cathedral in Marquette. We're here at Northern Apostle Radio again with a Witness to Hope event. And our guests today are Dr. Lance and Christine Mackey. So Lance and Christine, you've had an amazing journey together. Let our listening audience hear something of your personal story, how you met, how your life together began. Lance and I met just out of high school started dating and were serious in no time. We were married when we were 20, which even Mm. at that time, that was 1967, Mm. was considered a little young to be married, but Mm -hmm. uh, we, we did. At that time, Lance was going to school and in the Marine Reserves, and he can take it from there. See, Chris always pretends that she's serious but see when I met her it was with my cousin and my cousin and I walked over to their houses her house rather back then you walked we didn't have a car it was like three miles and my cousin was a little apprehensive about meeting two young women and then when we got to the house he really freaked out because (laughs) Chris was on roller skates and uh, this other girl was on skis at the time, I was actually dating the other girl that was on skis, but I like Chris better, so we tried to swap my cousin for the girl on skis, but he would have none of it. Chris was the class comic in high school. She's done a few things, but uh, she is actually very funny, but she pretends that she's not. Actually, I can tell you a, a really funny incident when Lance and I were, were dating. Lance was a surfer. And this was in Southern California, where we grew up. Mm. A friend and I, we were at the beach, and he he was in a portable outhouse. We decided it would be really funny to tip it over, <laughs> and we did. Actually, I'm really surprised that he didn't get very mad about it. He was pretty easy going about it, and I, I said, oh, the only thing we should have done different is tip it over so the door side was down. <laughs> she talks about that every day that yeah. we bring it up. She just cracks up and says the same thing. It's, it's hilarious. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we met, and actually, when we met, we were both in junior college, but then we stopped going to school. So there came the Marine Reserves. So I did that. So I did uh, 66 and got out in 67, mm. and we got married that uh, following December. Our lives could have changed drastically because I was offered uh, to go to Vietnam as a second lieutenant, but 
I decided to stay home and get married. We had a lot of things that happened in our lives like that, that just you could have gone in the wrong door and mm-hmm. we wouldn't be here today. But mm-hmm. uh, So we did get married in 67 and then we started having uh, children a few years later. Mm-hmm. We did. Our first child was born in seven seventy Seven. yeah, nineteen seventy. Right. Lance was was still in school and it just having a baby slowed him down a little bit in I was on the seven yeah. year plan for college, but you mm-hmm. know, I was in the reserve so I didn't have to worry that much about going overseas. Although every weekend they told us we were going. Mm-hmm. So we did that for six years. Mm-hmm. And then I was done with the reserves in um seventy two Chris was pregnant again now for the third, third time. This was yeah. baby number three. Right. Mm-hmm. I needed a job again. I was looking around for a job. I had just finished my degree in biology at Cal State Fullerton. There were no jobs in biology. Uh, I was an apprentice carpenter, no jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Navy was hiring pilots and navigators. But I didn't want to go through boot camp again with Marines, so I went over to the Air Force, and they were interested in me despite the fact I had zero flying time. And I showed Chris actually the, the pay schedule after she said, there's no way you can do that. Why would you ever want to do that? And when I showed her the pay schedule, she said, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, Well, the reason that I said that, he'd never expressed any interest in flying at all. And for him to actually apply, we didn't have a whole lot of money then. And he uh, said, how how much time can I get flying for the instructor he, for $8? So I think uh, he just took him around, what, what do you Traffic call that? Traffic Yeah, one time, and that, that was his experience before getting in the, in the Air Force. Wow. So we, we went. Our lives changed drastically um, after I went to officer training school. Chris was pregnant with Carrie, that's why I went in the military, our third daughter, our third child. So uh, Adam and I took off to go to pilot training together, and unfortunately, I was in a car accident, and we lost Adam on the way to Mm. pilot training. Uh, So it was really a a horrible time in our lives. Mm. Um, So we went, finally all joined up in Enid, Oklahoma, and I did what a lot of guys do is... um, I hung out with the guys, went to the bar, and didn't really pay much attention to the family. I was just a typical young bozo. But Chris, on the other hand, was looking for an answer to why something like that might happen. Mm. And she can tell you how she found God and some answers. Mm -hmm. Up until that time, I should say that neither one of us went to church. Lance had... A background with his family. He, being Finnish, they were Lutherans, and he, he went more or less regularly. My family really wasn't much of anything, and if you wanted to go to church on the corner or whatever, that was fine. We didn't really pray at home or anything like that, so I didn't have much of a background. But uh, when this happened, I mean, you, everyone would ask, why, why would this happen? For me, I, I went to the Lutheran church because that seemed to be the place to go at and the we time. And we, we were married in the Lutheran church in yeah, California. Mm-hmm. So. we were. In asking all those questions, 
about why the, I'm sure the Holy Spirit came and gave me this answer because I don't remember anybody else saying it, but it's like if God would take a little child, an innocent child like this, then death itself must not be that big of a deal, Mm. must not be difficult or a big deal. So Mm. that was somewhat helpful. As we progressed, Lance finished pilot training, and we moved again. Well, what happened, too, is is because of uh, my drinking and hanging out with the boys, um, Chris was pretty much at the end of her rope with me. And this happens to a lot of people, you know, that the, the mm-hmm. wife is at home taking care of the kids and mm-hmm. the guy's out just being a dumb guy. And so I had to go to survival school. So she came back to California to live with her mom. And when I went to get her, she said, I, I don't think I'm going to go with you. But my parents um, kind of stepped in and they said, why don't you go talk to the pastor that married you and see if there's some something they may be able to help you with. Hmm. So we did. And we sat down with the pastor and he looked at both of us, probably me more than Chris, and said, if this marriage doesn't work out, you'll never find anybody better suited for each other. Hmm. And so that, that really, really got to me. So Chris came back uh, to New York, and we sought out some counseling. We found a, a, a wonderful Lutheran minister, and their children were the same age as ours, and we hung around them. He was a funny guy. and uh, he, he was always making fun of the senior pastor. We, we thought that was kind of cool. And after, <laughs> after a while. That happens. <laughs> and, and after a while, well, you know, just never mind. Anyway, so after a while, he suggested that we go to Marriage Encounter down the street. Hmm. He said, it's run by the dreaded Catholics, so don't, hmm. uh, don't let that get to you. Uh, but I think you're, you're ready for it. And we looked at each other and we said, well, we're not too sure. But we went. And that was a life changer. Mm. Uh, it was a very hard weekend for both of us to talk about your feelings. But I walked away from that weekend going, that is not the Lutheran Church. Uh, the Lutheran Church's description of the Catholic Church is not what I've just found. It was mm. just a beautiful weekend. And that kind of put us on the path. And uh, mm-hmm. To uh, explore Catholicism, Lance was actually like a bloodhound uh, exploring. I mean, he he started going to daily mass and had millions of questions. And actually, I, I, I was very open for all of that. I didn't have, have a problem with it. But he had all of these questions and actually was driving me crazy. So I said, well, why don't you go talk to the priest on the base and get get some answers here. And I said, that guy's the biggest hypocrite on the planet. Uh, he drives a Cadillac. He's a lieutenant colonel. Looks like he sleeps in his uniform. And he smokes like a chimney. How can he be a man of God? Chris goes, well, fine, but just don't keep bugging me. So after a few more weeks, I called up the chaplain, and it was him. And I had two questions. I said, um... Okay, I've done a lot of research. I said, um, birth control, what's this Mary bit? He gave me some good answers. So I went Mm. down and talked to Father Joe Ariano. That was, by the way, in 
19, probably 75. Yeah, 75. I think. Yeah. And it was like talking to Jesus. I mean, this guy was just amazing. I said, okay, I'll sign up. And he goes, no. He said, uh, you, you need to come to instruction. He said, and you need to find the church where the Holy Spirit is drawing you. Hmm. And it certainly was and still is to this day. And hmm. we got to nowadays... I'm sure this doesn't happen just with everybody being so busy, meaning the, the the priests. We got to take instruction just from Father Joe at his home. Mm-hmm. It was it was wonderful. So that was quite quite an experience. And the best best part is if you use the bathroom and you use toilet paper. Uh, the toilet paper dispenser played Amazing Grace. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Added bonus. <laughs> right. Father Joe actually ran Boys Town for a while and was uh, in charge of the military ordinary, just a wonderful saintly man. Hmm. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. I, I flew as a pilot for many years and did well. I pretty much stopped drinking around the house, but then when I would go away, I think part of it was just, you know, the, the death of Adam was just on my mind. And mm. so I would drink, binge drink when I was gone. Of course, Chris knew it. Yeah. Wives know everything. And so I'd come back and she goes, well, how was your trip away? And we didn't really even have to talk about it. But that went on for years. And then, then I had the chance to get into medical school, which was kind of a series of a miraculous events. But uh, we can maybe go back and talk about how that happened. But at age 37... Uh, I got into medical school at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and by then we had uh, five children, two, uh, three girls and two boys, and uh, so we went to medical school, and Chris actually went to nursing school at the same time. Mm. way we were able to do this, our two oldest girls were junior high age, and they they helped with cooking, they helped with babysitting they were just really responsible and that made it possible and they were very willing to do that I don't know what they'd say nowadays but especially the babysitting that was a tough job but they they really enabled us to do that we're very grateful to them they hated medicine especially when we get into residency course they're nurses now mm-hmm. <laughs> both, of them. both of them are both are really excellent really nurses yeah. right so get through medical school okay so then i had time again alone to kind of do my own thing and so i drove myself up to ohio where i did my residency and i just kind of went on this celebration kick for several days and i ended up in the icu wow the first day of my residency mm. which was july 4th Oh. 1988. You'll have to tell them the the little saying you came up with just recently. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you don't want to dr- to drink a fifth on the fourth, or you might end up in a bad place. <laughs> uh, and I'm not Irish at all. <laughs> uh-huh. I ended up in the ICU, and so Chris was still in Texas, um, enjoying the fireworks when they told her what was happening. So. Um, Again, this is a beautiful woman. Uh, at home, we have a, a pillow that says, Behind Every Good Doctor, there's a great nurse and mm-hmm. a great mom 
and a great believer in Mary and the Holy Spirit. And so she came. So something amazing happened, though. When I finally came around in the ICU, God had turned the switch off for drinking forever. Never have had a thought about it. Never had a compulsion. uh, And it was completely gone. It doesn't happen. I realize that often because a lot of people, they keep reliving the same thing. But God, through the Holy Spirit and a ton of grace, turned off the switch. Mm. So uh, we made it through residency. I think the first year or so, Chris wasn't too sure. But then then she knows now that I'm trustworthy. And that was 30 years ago. Mm. And as a celebration, I went back to Wright-Patterson, where the AA started (laughs) in the Mm. 30s. And I went to a meeting just to kind of tell the story. But I think that for me is a blessing. As a physician, I can really uh, understand where people are coming from, especially I'm an obstetrician, pregnant ladies that are on drugs. Uh, I had one woman that actually accidentally shot herself through her womb and Mm. the baby died. And everybody really hated that woman. But I was able to bless the baby and uh, she ended up with a, an emergency surgery, but she mm. she survived. But she didn't even know what happened. Mm. Everybody else did. So I was able to you know talk to her. I don't know what happened to her, or whether they you know put her in jail or whatever. But I had a chance to kind of remind her that there is a God that's merciful. Mm. So I think that comes from all of that I had, mm-hmm. you know. So as you go through life, you have these blessings that initially seem like they're they're horrible, mm-hmm. but then if, it's what you do with them mm-hmm. that matters. Right, right. Finding the Lord in the crisis and the Lord bringing good out of that. Mm-hmm. And already you were starting to integrate your faith in your practice too, hey? Eh? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I don't know how we're doing, but uh, we can talk to you about a couple things we're we're doing currently. I think we maybe need to uh, continue with the uh, loss of our second son. Oh, yeah. mm. And I, I'll have to say through all of this, including Lance's drinking, I know people might say, oh, how could you live, live with him, live with this situation? You know, I didn't really think of it so much at the time but uh the the holy spirit carried carried me through hmm. that was such such a blessing also was always present when i was working i worked in labor and delivery then uh later became a nurse practitioner but the uh, holy spirit's always a, a part of hmm. uh my life mhm did you find people, too, that you could share with in the parish where you were? I did. Actually, The with what we had gone through in our lives, I think we didn't uh, necessarily talk about it too much, probably because we were pretty busy. Of course, mm. close friends and... If there was a need to, we definitely did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris was a labor nurse. After I, we did residency in Dayton, and she was a nurse at the same site that I was at half the time. was in the military half the time, and 
mommy dolly the other half and so Chris took care of a lot of patients that had a pregnancy loss or uh, even people that were undergoing elective uh, terminations uh, that she mm-hmm. she was the nurse that kind of comforted them through that horrible time mm-hmm. a lot of them didn't even realize what they were going through but she was there mm-hmm. right uh, a lot of nurses refuse to take care of patients that were choosing to terminate the pregnancy. Now this was unfortunately a little bit later on, like more than more than 16 weeks or so because of an abnormality or that there was usually a problem. But once that baby was delivered, those those little ones really fight to live even though they're tiny, they're really gasping and everything. And so many times mothers would say, can't, can't you do something for my baby? Can't you help my baby? And they're too, they're too tiny at that point to do anything. So that's, that's a very difficult and sad time. I, I was always very, very willing and wanted to take care of them and tried to do it in a very loving way. Hmm. So we had uh, all these kids and the last one Chris had when she was 35 just before we started this medical uh, nursing thing and his name was Michael and he was a special needs kid, wonderful kid, eventually diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. Hmm and uh, misdiagnosed as schizophrenic for many years, mm. which is a kind of a common label that a lot of people that are different are given. But through some mutual friends, we realized he had Asperger's, and uh, the doctors prescribed some medication when he was schizophrenic, they thought, uh, to help moods. Mm. And then when the Asperger's was finally diagnosed, they, they tried a lot of different medications, and they kept on a particular drug that would really kind of keep his moods in check. Mike had a tendency, like a lot of Aspies, uh, to just kind of fly off and say something crazy and uh, do things that were a little unusual. So it it really did help him. Mm. He was very athletic, great soccer player, very smart kid. But on that medication for years and years, he became diabetic Mm. and had gained like 80 pounds. I was concerned for his health. We were not living... Uh, in the same place. We were living in San Diego. He was back in Florida, doing well. He was in college. Hmm. He was in the Knights of Columbus. He made fourth degree. Hmm. Uh, He was just doing really well, and we got the sad phone call that he had died. He had had a heart attack Hmm. and drowned in a pool. That was about four years ago. Hmm. So that was another really... We didn't know about the heart condition until they did the autopsy but that was quite a shock and very difficult to deal with he was 31 Mm. at the time I'll tell you I'll try to tell you a quick little story about how the Holy Spirit guided me through this about a month or two before he died I was compelled to read any book I could possibly read about purgatory. Now, this isn't something that I 
normally would have done. But for some reason, this was just fascinating. On, well, the night before Mike died, we were in San Diego at one of the old missions, and Lance took a picture of me coming into the church, and I had this white, I'll just call it aura, around my head. I wasn't wearing anything, just Mm. went in there normally. I didn't pay too much attention to it. Lance thought that there was something going something going on. And the next morning, that's when we heard about Mike. And I knew right away that Mike, Mike was in purgatory mm. and that he, he just, he was a great kid, but I knew that's where he was and that he needed prayers from our family for quite some time. So I, I was prepared for Mike's death a couple months before it happened. The Holy Spirit has really gotten me through, through this too, so mm. I can deal with that, deal with it without uh, falling apart. Mm. Yeah, everybody yeah. said, well, he's in heaven. Chris goes, no. No, he's and, not. <laughs> and, and then, you know, recently I was at a retreat. Uh, I met a priest that I had not met before, and we were talking about different things, and, and he has visions. He said, I can see Mike in a very high place in purgatory in a white robe, and it's my job, the dad, to pray him out. So hmm. uh, kind of verified what well, Chris Well, he told you he had... He had a white robe, but he had a little black cloud right, right. on it, his head that only you could take away. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the kind of in summary, we have been through lots. We've just given you mm-hmm. kind of a surface of what we've been through. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody once said that uh, if it doesn't, if you don't become bitter, then you become better. Right. And, right. and currently we're working on a ministry Mm-hmm. Uh, try to help keep couples stay together. We're both uh, finishing theology of the body training, mm-hmm. and uh, we're both uh, just basically putting it all together. We mm-hmm. work together. Uh, we're mm-hmm. both sex therapists, so we cover lots of different aspects. I work with the men, mm-hmm. and she works with the women. Mm-hmm. It seems to work out well. We're going to be able to uh, hear more about that in a second segment with uh, Lance and Christine here. And I think hearing the mystery of the Lord working in your lives powerfully and in the midst of losses, yet the Lord drawing you ever deeper. Let's just close with a moment of prayer and we'll get ready for our next segment that I'll air again. In the name of the Father and of the Son Son, and of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you for the wonders of your mercy and thank you all the ways that you worked in Lance and Christine's lives, their family. Thank you for accompanying them, Lord, and drawing them in, into situations where you could reveal more of your love and your guidance. We pray for all parents and couples that are going through struggles that they would encounter you, Lord, and then receive the support they need. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 